Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, March 24th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Amos 8, 11 and 12. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out. Living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayikra, and it means, He called. Leviticus 5, 1-19 If you are called to testify about something you have seen or that you know about, it is sinful to refuse to testify, and you will be punished for your sin. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that is ceremonially unclean, such as the carcass of an unclean animal. When you realize what you have done, you must admit your defilement and your guilt. This is true whether it is a wild animal, a domestic animal, or an animal that scurries along the ground. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that makes a person unclean. When you realize what you have done, you must admit your guilt. Or suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether its purpose is for good or for bad. When you realize its foolishness, you must admit your guilt. When you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. Then you must bring to the Lord as the penalty for your sin a female from the flock, either a sheep or a goat. This is a sin offering with which the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord. 
but if you cannot afford to bring a sheep, you may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as the penalty for your sin. One of the birds will be for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. You must bring them to the priest who will present the first bird as the sin offering. He will wring its neck, but without severing its head from the body. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering against the sides of the altar, and the rest of the blood will be drained out at the base of the altar. This is an offering for sin. The priest will then prepare the second bird as a burnt offering, following all the procedures that have been prescribed. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. If you cannot afford to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, you may bring two quarts of choice flour for your sin offering. Since it is an offering for sin, you must not moisten it with olive oil or put any frankincense on it. Take the flour to the priest who will scoop out a handful as a representative portion. He will burn it on the altar on top of the special gifts presented to the Lord. It is an offering for sin. Through this process, the priest will purify those who are guilty of any of these sins, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. The rest of the flour will belong to the priest, just as with the grain offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, If one of you commits a sin by unintentionally defiling the Lord's sacred property, you must bring a guilt offering to the Lord. The offering must be your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of of equal value with silver, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. You must make restitution for the sacred property you have harmed by paying for the loss, plus an additional 20%. When you give the payment to the priest, he will purify you with the ram sacrificed as a guilt offering, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. Suppose you sin by violating one of the Lord's commands. Even if you are unaware of what you have done, you are guilty and will be punished for your sin. For a guilt offering, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your unintentional sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. This is a guilt offering, for you have been guilty of an offense against the Lord. Luke six twelve to 38 One day soon afterward, Yeshua went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose twelve of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, whom he named Peter. Andrew, Peter's brother. James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus. Simon, who was called the Zealot. Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Yeshua on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem 
and from as far north as the sea coasts of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Then Yeshua turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now? What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you? What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also praised false prophets. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Psalm 67, 1-7 May God be merciful and bless us. May His face smile with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. 
Let the whole world sing for joy, because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear him. Proverbs 11.27 If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Today I want to speak to you from our reading from Luke chapter 6. And this is from the Sermon on the Mount. And I love the passage from the Sermon on the Mount because to me it is such a reminder of what it is to truly walk in the kingdom of God, what it really means to follow Yeshua as his disciple. It is so clarifying, and it just speaks such deep truth that it's like taking a spiritual shower and washing the muck and the mud of the world off of us from the inside out. I want to start with Luke 6, verse 27 or Luke 6, verse 22 and 23, where it is written, What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? So now I'm just going to hit the pause button there. And our normal human reaction when someone treats us badly, when they exclude us, don't invite us to a certain family event or gathering and um, mocking and cursing is we want to strike back. We want to get even. We want to defend ourselves. We want to, you know, uh, in some way, let our voice be heard and push back. And yet in verse 23, God tells us, When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. A great reward awaits us in heaven. So when we get these emotional blows, that may not be physical blows, but emotional blows, when certain parts of the family don't include you anymore because of who you are and what you stand for and what you believe, as much as that hurts, and the rejection of it is very difficult, it's painful. What the Lord is saying here is, leap for joy, a great reward awaits you in heaven. And so we have to take the long view, not how do I feel today in this moment, because I was excluded from this thing over here, or I've been ignored over there, um, or I've been mocked and accused and cursed, but looking at the long view that there's a great reward in heaven for the things that you have endured and persevered through while here on earth. And basically, we take these things that we feel, uh, the pain, the rejection, the being ignored, uh, we take it to the Lord in prayer. And He comforts us. Now, 
I want to jump down to verse 27. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Again, this kind of goes along the same vein as what we were just talking about. Uh, Again, our human reaction when someone is our enemy, someone opposes us, someone pushes back against us, be it an individual or even be it a government that's imposing tyranny upon us, mandates upon us, is that, you know, we want to push back, fight back. But what Yeshua is saying is, do good to those who hate you. Respond in the opposite spirit. I'll just share a quick little anecdotal story about that. Uh, There's a person at work that um, is a little bit like a porcupine and throws out quills and makes little comments and little jabs just about to everybody. (laughs) And it's very hurtful and it's it's like kind of when you least expect it zoom here comes a porcupine quill and so i discerned that about this person and it was like okay what do i do with this all right i i'm ex- i going in forewarned and forearmed that whenever i get around this person a porcupine quill may be heading my way so i'm going to be prepared and put on my full armor, my spiritual armor, and understand that often people who are prickly are very wounded. And this is why they're throwing out their porcupine quills. They're wounded and they've not been healed. And there's a deep wound there and they need the love of the Lord. And so um, I've just made it a point that whenever I get around that person, I just greet them very warmly. I don't ignore them. Ignoring a person is probably one of the worst things you can do. And um, there was an experiment done with rice where there were three containers of rice that had been cooked. And the experiment was with the first container of rice, the person would bless it every single day. I bless you. You're awesome. Be, be good. Be, be blessed and thrive. And the second cup of rice, the person would curse it and yell at it and say, you know, you're worthless and I hate you. And the third cup of rice was simply ignored. And at the end of two weeks, when you looked at the inside of the cup of rice, the first cup, of course, it almost looked like it had been kept refrigerated the whole time and it looked white and like you could eat it. The second cup had mold and it was, you know, nasty because it had been cursed. The third cup was the worst of all. The rice that had been ignored had the most mold growing inside of it. Now, if this is true for rice, what is it like for people? That it's even the worst when you ignore someone consistently and treat them as though they are invisible. That is actually worse than cursing them and yelling at them. And so even just to give a greeting, hello, how are you, good morning, is some token of kindness and respect 
given to the other person. So I began that campaign of being kind to this person. And I can't say that there's been a change as of yet. But I do know I want to respond in the opposite spirit. And when the porcupine comes flying, or the flaming arrow, um, my shield is up. My shield of faith is up. And I'm not going to let it pierce or penetrate into my spirit or my soul. And I'm, I just am going to pray for this person in my closet that the Lord would begin to bring healing to that person's heart. So, continuing on, verse 35, Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your father is compassionate. So, I just love these words. They're a guide light, a a sign, a principle of how to walk and how to be. And... It's just a reminder, you know, we don't do things, kind things to help others because we're looking for their thanks and their gratitude. We do it as unto the Lord. And there was a time when I had to pretty much lay down my life for a family member who was in desperate, desperate need. And it took about a year and a half, two years to get this family member back up on her feet. And um, I, she became, this was... This family member became homeless and needed to start all over again. Went through a very nasty divorce. And so I had to step in and help. And I went into debt, used my credit card, and went and helped with getting set up in a new household with bedding and blankets and pots and pans and pillows and everything needed for a whole new household. And went into debt on my credit card to get this family member reestablished. And now... The family member's doing much, much better. But it took me two years to work hard to pay off my credit card. And there wasn't a lot of gratitude or thanks from this family member. In fact, sometimes it seemed like they just wanted more and they wanted more and they wanted more. And at a certain point, I had to step back and step away. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, okay, you've done enough now. And so even when there isn't thanks or gratitude, we do what we need to do to help others as the Lord leads us and not expect them to repay us, not even expect them to say thank you, but we do it as unto the Lord. And he says, great will your reward in heaven be. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. So when we give, we do it with love in our heart. We do it without strings attached. And the Lord promises us here in verse 38, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The economy of the kingdom, God's economy, 
is just amazing, and it, it completely defies human logic and reason. It's unpredictable. God is very abundant in his grace and his mercy and his provision. And we just do good mitzvot for others. And he sees and then he provides for us. So I hope that this passage has been a great blessing to you. I know it. it's something I try to keep in the forefront of my mind at all times. We are to love our enemies in practical, tangible ways. And sometimes uh, loving our enemies means we're praying. We're praying for that person. We're praying for them in our prayer closet. And then if we have an opportunity to do good, let's take that opportunity. Have a blessed day, and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.